Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. And here I was, you know, I was all optimistic coming in today and feeling good. Jay's coming off, taking two of three from Oakland. San Francisco's in town. And uh, it's, it's kind of, I mean, the Giants are a cool team. It's cool to see the Giants. Anyway, I think mm. cool to see the Giants in town. I don't know. Cool. How's cool? Yeah. It's always, I've always they're, had a, they're a khaki's dream. If you like eh, that. I've always had a soft spot. For they're a good team. Always had a soft spot. Some wouldn't know that, but you dig into their numbers. They're um, nine and zero on the road this month. Jays better play good. If they were to sweep this series, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh my gosh! They have a chance to. If they win the next four games, they have a chance <laughs> to uh, become the first team in Major League history to go undefeated in the Man. road in a month. I'm just saying. I mean, you didn't have to say it out loud. Well, I kind of did. I thought you were going to lead with Manoa. Well, I am That's because why. I was saying I was coming and then you in. I was no, no, no. from the Giants. I was coming in. What was, happened here? Well, I mean, not, oh. <laughs> based on what we saw from Manoa, getting swept by the Giants uh, might be the best thing to happen. That surprises you that he got lit up today. Well, was it today? Yeah, I did. May. He, he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was driving, you. and Alec Manoa made his uh, start in rookie ball today. Uh, the Florida Rome complex wasn't built in the day, buddy. Against the okay. against the Yankees. Two and two thirds innings. 11 earned runs, 10 hits, two home runs, three strikeouts, two walks, a partridge in a pear tree uh, for Alec Manoa today. What? Oh, uh, there's your line up there. Thank Slick. you. Um, <laughs> I, I mean. That surprises you. Here's, here's his, uh, his, his first inning. This He's is how it went. kids, man. First inning, single ground out, ground out, single strikeout. Second inning, ground out, strikeout, walk, single, single, home run, ground out. Third inning, walk, double, strikeout, single, single, double, home run, ground out. Can you can you see how many uh, pitches they swung at? No, because it's a fl- – it, and, and here's the thing. That's what they do there at that is, level. They here, swing at here, everything. Here is the correct way to look at this. First of all, none of us saw it. First, that's a well, – that. <laughs> First of all, none of us saw this. <laughs> no, we did. Uh, it was at the Complex League. Um, secondly, we don't know what the Jays plan is for Alec Manoa. We just don't. We had John Schneider. on. Yeah, this, this thing got out there about Alec Manoa might make his July 1st start. People who were thinking that really weren't paying attention to what's going on. This is not that they sent this guy down to correct a variety of things. No question. Right? That's those, not, those people it's not listen to this show. Yeah, more, this so. isn't a Frankenstein's monster <laughs> thing where they fixed up some electrodes to his head and all of a sudden they channeled and he's gonna come out. I mean, it's just not. Uh, it's just, it's, that, that's oh. not that's not the way it's gonna happen. So we do know that there are some things he's gotta check off. One of them is Physical conditioning. What do, you, what do you think he checked off today? Let me, let me finish. One of them is physical <laughs> conditioning. You can say wait if you want, but one of them is physical conditioning. Mm. Uh, nobody likes that word. But it's true. I mean, it, it, it is it, true, it, but nobody likes it. it. It's true. So okay, it, they, they, they need him conditioning. They need right. him to get uh, 
They need him to get in shape to be the best Alec Manoa he can be. Repeatability. Repeatability. Oh, yes. Exactly. Make the mechanics nice oh, and smooth. Yeah. Um, we know that that's a factor, and we we know that, that whether that's a determining factor, in other words, whether they've said to him, you got to lose this much, which they've done to other players in the past, whether they've done that or it's just, hey, this is one of the things we need you to do, it, it's not the only thing. The other thing that's pretty apparent is that Alec Manoa cannot come up here featuring the same slider he had the last time he was here. No. Yeah. I'm let you know, I'm led to believe that when he went down, they view his velo as something that can be sustainable if he is in better condition. That's not gonna be the velo's not gonna be an issue for Alec Manoa. You need to see it though. The, the velo's not gonna be an issue. The the emphasis is on the slider. So what we need to know, and again, the Jays are not obligated to tell us this. But what we need to know is whether or not the slider, how how much of that damage today was done by the slider. Now, I'm told that it was not the smoothest defensive game in the history of baseball either. You're playing kids. Yeah, you're playing kids. Exactly. You are. Bottom line, though, uh, the organization cannot be happy with with this line. Like, they just can't. I mean, uh, 10 hits and 11 runs is 10 hits and 11 runs over two and two. That just is. I, I mean, you, 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 can't, you can't sugarcoat that any other way. It's clearly not everything was working. Again, we don't know what was. We don't know what boxes were ticked. Maybe the velo, fastball velo was decent or good, which is okay. Plus call. But I think what this just reinforces is this is not a quick fix. This isn't a matter of looking at the videotape and saying, move your arm arm here and throw, and everything's good. Or do this because you're tipping pitch. That's not what this is about. This is much more comprehensive than that. Mm. And I've got to think that the organization will look at this and go, you know what? The numbers are awful. I guarantee you. There are people in the organization who aren't completely surprised by this result. That it's kind of, it, I, you know, I'm not saying maybe, I don't know if they expected 11 earned runs. But there are people, out. I, I know there are people in the organization who are going to say, you know what, we can kind of see this happening based on what we've how asked many, this How many to, big league to, pitchers to do, on to, rehab to do. do you see go down to lower levels and get lit up? Tons. I, I used to play all the time and would look at guys but that were on my team see, and go, what's he doing down there? I, I think we have. Well, because they swing at everything. No, this isn't a rehab start. This isn't Alec Manoa isn't going yeah, down because I, he has. A, no, let me finish. He's not going down because he has a shoulder impingement. He's going down because he's got to get in condition. The slider's got to get better. Yeah. They're trying to turn him. They're trying to get him back to where he was at, at last year. Hmm. They're obviously not there yet. So that's how I look at this. I'll, I'll put it this way. If Alec Manoa had pitched three innings, given up one hit, I asked someone this, three innings, one hit, no runs, four strikeouts, a walk. Let's just say that kind of, would that be good enough? And the answer I was given was, well, it depends. No, I mean, the slider's got to be good. So you can't, the Jays just aren't basing everything on results. 
Having said that, Kevin, we're going to be joined by Dan O'Dowd of the MLB Network. Having said that, Kevin, two and two-thirds innings, 10 hits, 11 earned runs, two walks against a bunch of 18- and 19-year-olds. Ain't good. Like, uh, Put it this way. That does not leave a good first impression. How close do you think they are to just basically saying – you are where you are. You're at. You're you're going to stay. And you're probably not going to tell him that. But within your organization, it's sort of the point where until you figure out velocity, you figure out location, arm side. That's where it's yeah, at. But for when me, they, when is when he's got yeah. arm side velocity, he could pitch into a righty, yeah, way to a lefty, front hip to two seamer to a lefty. It's a big deal. The, the, that allows you to be he, you know not as fine with the slider. No, and he get away can't. With it. He he can't compete. Unless the slider's better, yeah. I, for me, he's not going. He's not going to be is, up here. Is, is feeding off his fastball. Well, I mean, the it shape does. of the slider's not good. There's a yeah. there's a bunch of stuff. When he went down, I said, I don't know when he's going to be back. I said after the All Star break, I, sure, I could see that. Sometime in August, sure, I could see that. I didn't think he was going to be back quickly. Somehow, uh, and I don't know how this started. Somehow. Somebody looked at July 1st. Well, you know, if you see, if he started, I mean, we could probably work him in there and da-da-da. And suddenly July 1st became a target date. We had John Schneider on. John Schneider says, not my target date. I don't, I asked two other people in the organization, is July 1st a target date? They said, nope. Mm. So I don't know where this July 1st thing started. I think it kind of gained, it, 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 it kind of picked up a life of its own. This is, uh, is going to be a long-term proposition. I had someone ask me today. You think the chances there's a chance Hyunjin Ryu makes a start for the Jays Absolutely. before Alec Absolutely. Manoa? I just kind of shrugged and said, I, I don't know because I don't know where Hyunjin Ryu is. Absolutely. But I don't think it's out of the question. And you know what? <laughs> I need Alec Manoa to be really good for the next three years. Yeah. Just financially for this team, I need Alec Manoa to be good for the n- next three years. He, he needs to know that what he's working on off the field is working on the field. And that right there would tell you it's not. So he can't, can't be getting any confidence walking away from the field today. How could you? No. I mean, he's a human being. He's, he's fighting to, to, you know, I'm sure he's been working hard down there. That's what they do, right? That's what they, why well, they send him down there I think so they can have 15 yeah, people watching him and help him the out. The Jays are telling us. What, where, yeah. You don't send a dude down to the complex for one start and then say, okay, we're going to bring him up. Absolutely not. I mean, you just don't. No. Nope. So I'll say this. I'm at the point with Alec Manoa. When he's up here, great. Until yeah. then, I'm I just not, don't know what they need to see. Well, what is that? But what I'm saying, until then, out of sight, out of mind. There's no blueprint for this. Like, it's not, it's not well, a there, book there, you can there go may, to. It says, there might be. I don't you, know. There might be yeah, a blueprint. Yeah, I don't know either. But, but I, I'm just saying, I'm not going to waste a second. Of, I'll, I'm not going to waste a second of my time wondering when Alec Manoa is going to be up here. We'll tell you what happens when he pitches. And if you all want to get they're, worked up about it, a wild card fine. spot now, too, which might change things. Well, they need to win games. There you go. They need to win games. They a lot can't of afford around Alec. You can't put Alec in a game and let's see where he is. Yeah. No, we can't do that either. No, I'm with you. It's not fair to everybody else. So anyhow, that is the latest on uh, on Alec Manoa. Did we hear from John Schneider today at all about Alec Manoa, guys? Do we have any? Have we heard anything yet? I don't think he said anything. Okay. Which? Nor, what, nor should he. What's he going to say? Well, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he didn't see it unless they, they I'm sure these, he may have seen videotape of it, but, and, and that I'm not surprised that they won't say anything because again, I got the impression that they just kind of thought this might happen. Maybe not to this degree, but I don't think that anybody said, boy, if he goes out there and 
drops the hammer on those 18 and 19-year-olds, he's going to be starting in Buffalo. This is not what this is about. It never was what this was about. This is one of those things where what you were told off the record is more important than what you were told on the record. Yeah, I'm and just not sure record, what the goal is. You have any idea what the goal is? Obviously, it's to get him back to the big leagues, but how do you know when, how do you know when he's ready uh-huh. to come back? That's the thing. How do you know? Is it conditioning? Is it conditioning? velocity? Is it location of the slider? No, is it break on the slider? What is it? It's conditioning. It's velocity. It's everything about the slider. The break wasn't good. The shape wasn't good. That's everything about the slider. So basically, you're Alec Mano. You're starting over. Pretty much. This is spring training. Well, how how do we expect to see him this year? I don't don't know. Maybe maybe he's not going to be here this year. Uh, I I mean, that that would have shocked me a month ago. It wouldn't shock me now. I need Alec Manoa to be really good next year. I may be in a situation where I'm the Blue Jays right now where I've got to say, you know what, I got to, we're going to have to figure out that turn in the rotation. We're going to have to go outside the organization, do it. I think you can, you might, let's see, give Bowden Francis another chance. What the hell? They may be able to piece it. You may be able to piece it together, but you can't do the whole Trevor Richards thing unless you're going to find somebody who can do out of the bullpen what Trevor Richards is doing for you. Valuable to you later in the game. So, anyhow, that that is, but. I mean, I, no, the news isn't good. It'd be better if the it'd be better if the numbers were good. But I'll tell you this: if if his numbers were good today, I don't think the organization would be making a big deal out of it either. They 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 are prepared for the the long haul with this. Yeah, but they'd be prepared to to say something positive. What, what can you say positive from this? I don't think they, Kevin. I don't think they would. I, it's be- not. It's not about us. It's not giving it to us. It's giving it to him. What no. can he? You, you walk up to him and say something positive to him. How are you going to do that no, today? But, but if if he had pitched well, That's I'm sure. If he had pitched yeah. well, I'm sure they would have told him. That's the point. He pitched well, but they wouldn't what tell are they us. Say now. Well, I don't know. It wasn't very good. I mean, yeah. I think Alex smart enough to look at the numbers and go, "Jesus, I suck today." I. I but what I'm saying is. If he had had a decent outing, I still don't think they would have made a big deal. They wouldn't have held a news conference here and made Alec Manoa available to people. They're just not. Well, we can't I mean, comment frankly, on how he looked. We didn't see it. Well, so frankly, here's the thing. I mean, if you're really that interested in it, get your ass on a plane and go down. Because that's that's how you're going to see it. Mm. Anyhow, the starting lineup tonight. There is a game against the Giants tonight, first of three games. And the Giants, as I mentioned, are 9-0 and on the road this year. No, not this year. Or this month, sorry. Might as well be 9-0 and on the road. Uh, George Springer leading off. Bo Bichette, Brandon Belt, Vladdy Jr., Matt Chapman, Dalton Varsho, Whit Merrifield, Danny Jansen, Kevin Biggio back in the lineup at second base. Kevin Gossman on the, on the mound. A reminder that Bichette, Guerrero, Chapman, and Merrifield are all in the, the, uh, whole team. the phase two of uh, all-star <laughs> voting. So get out there, vote, yeah, early, vote early, vote often. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Gossman and Brandon Belt, both former Giants, facing their uh, former team, as it goes. And uh, I see a TBA here for the Jays. Rotation the rest of the way. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe uh, John Schneider will give us some give us some insight today as to where they're going. Sean Estes is the uh, Giants TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. He's going to join us at 5.30. We mentioned Dan O'Dowd will join us. Ben Wagner, 
will be along at 6.30. He'll have the call of the game tonight on Sportsnet 590. The fan, you know, you know that Ben has, you know that Ben's spoken to folks about Alec Manoa. We will know during the telecast tonight and during the broadcast on Sportsnet 590 fan tonight. We'll get we'll get a better we'll get a better take on uh on what is up what was up with Alec Manoa. But uh you know just the past couple of days just had a had a chance to text with people and I've kind of gotten back into things after taking some time off. Mm-hmm. And 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 I keep hearing slider, 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 slider. That's all I keep hearing from people. Yeah, I said I okay like the I said I, too. That's pretty good. I, I, I've heard okay what 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 do you need? And everybody says conditioning. Make what you want out of that. And we don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's achieved some sort of conditioning. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not just they're going to hook him up. They're going to do all the VO2 max stuff. It's not just a matter of saying go from here to here and wait. That's not what it's about. It's much more. That would help too. Though. All inclusive. Mm, there's a lot than that. He's um, got a lot on his plate. <clears throat> it's a that's a horrible choice of words, but yes. I mean it. You can read into it that way, but there is. Yeah. Um, he, uh, yeah. Anyhow. But like I said, the slider to me is, my understanding is that's a thing. And I didn't see him, so I don't know how hard a slider was. I don't know if a slider was it. Like I said, the only thing I do know is there were some plays not made behind him. But I'm not making that as an excuse. Mm. Um, God, I was going to ask you about something else. I mean, there really is nothing else. Uh, Alec Manoa is the, the story of the day today, and then it's not going to be a story until he's back. That's the only thing I, the only thing, yeah, I, yeah. The only thing I can say. I mean, the Giants are a pretty big story, too. They're 12-2 and two in their last 14. They've won 10 in a row. Did I tell you that they're 9-0 uh, they, they, oh on the road won this their, month? They've won 9 in a row on the road. They're 12-1 and one in their last 13 on the road. They're oh. a better team than what you think they are. By the way. Um, and if you're thinking to yourself, because they are going with an opener tonight, or if you're thinking to yourself, oh, opener. We got the Giants exactly where we want them. Uh, this is the Giants' 13th bullpen game this season. They're 9-3 and three in the preceding 12 games. Uh, and they've won all of the three contests with Ryan Walker as the opener. So just saying, the Giants are 44-34. and 34. We've been making a big deal about the D-backs, and everybody's making a big deal about how the Padres stink. And there's the Dodgers are just kind of basically going to play 2023 and hope that they get Shohei Otani next year. And and the Giants, who didn't sign anybody. I mean, they basically crapped out. They went after Aaron Judge. That didn't work out. I still, as a baseball fan, I really wanted Aaron Judge to be with the Giants. But that's beside. They went after him. It didn't work out. Carlos Correa didn't work out. They are 44 and 34. And Barker, this is the number that's, I'm going to let you talk about the number that really stands out about the Giants because you pointed this out to me. Talk about their numbers with runners in scoring position because they are, they are sick with runners in scoring position. Yeah, they, they do a lot of good things, right? That That's, they're nine, they're, they're OPS this month. Do you have the numbers? Because their OPS this month with runners in scoring position is 978, which is pretty good. It's also 150 points ahead of the second place team, which is Cincinnati. Their 291 average with runners in scoring position this season is tops in the NH, in the NHL. It's tops in the NL. <laughs> it would be best in the NHL too, frankly. Sounds like uh, it. It's tops in the NL, third best in the MLB behind the Rangers 
who are 308 with runners in scoring position yeah, yeah. and the Rays that are 292. They, they've had 91 hits with runners in scoring position oh. since May the 29th. Think about That's that. 26 more hits than the second-place team. With runners in scoring position. With runners in scoring position. With runners in scoring position, like you just mentioned, they're third best in OPS. They're third best in average at 291. They're fourth in hits best in baseball. They're seventh best in baseball with at bats with runners in scoring position. To say the Blue Jays need to match that. Now, Kevin Gosman's going to do his thing, you would think, right? Yep. The the swing and miss has been tough with him for the, the last couple of starts just because the Marlins and the Rangers – you know they're they're going to battle. They do things. They think the other way. They're they're you know pesky with two strikes. Like they're hard to get some swing and misses. You got to do some things, right? They're going to scoot closer. They're going to make in game adjustments on certain pitches. They're not the easiest to get swing and miss. To my point, they've he only had seventeen swing and misses mm-hmm. combined in those two starts in his last two starts. They're you know they're hard to get swing and misses against. But the Giants are. They do have the third most K's in baseball but they also have the six most walks in baseball. So they're going to walk. Tell, what does well, that tell They're, they're going to go deeper in counts. They're going to make you earn it. You can punch them out if you make good pitches. Like if you locate well, you know, Kevin may have to throw the slider a little bit more to the righties. Like he's going to have to, you know, establish the fastball on outer thirds. Can't throw it down the middle. This team's good enough, especially they'll, they will single you to death. They're not going to hit a ton of homers. They're not going to hit a ton of doubles. But when push comes to shove, those big moments, they think big part of the field. They just try and throw barrel to baseball. So you're going to have to make decent pitches. You're going to have to be better with – he may have to throw some split fingers for strikes early in counts. He may have to throw a little bit more 12-6 slider early in counts for strike ones. Like he's going to have to be a little bit unpredictable. I mean, I'm not trying to say reinvent yourself. Mm. But against teams like this – who know what they're doing, have enough balance in their lineup. Some of their better hitters are left-handed. Like, he's going to have to do some things. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be the easiest thing. And we, we've said this. We'll continue to say it. The offense is going to have to step up. Like, it's one thing to do it against Oakland. The Giants, they do things analytically <laughs> to know what you can't do well. They're going to attack that. That's why they're really good with the opener. There's a reason why they're throwing the opener against the Blue Jays, like they they figured out these things, right, to get the bulk guy deeper into games, to make it easier on the bullpen. Like it's because they got a good bullpen. They got a really good closer. Like the lineup for the Jays are going to have to have quality at bats. You hear John Snyder talking about that. You've heard me talk about that. You're, you're tired of hearing it. This is going to be a good test for Vladdy. Oddly right? enough. It's, it's one thing to take the slider away early in counts till you get to two strikes to let him throw the ball down the middle against Oakland. Oddly enough, because we've spent – we, we, we've spoken a lot recently about the Jays' record against teams over 500, the Jays' record against teams in the division. 7-17. Seven uh, they're 14-6 and six against NL clubs. I don't know what this means, but 700 win percentage uh, in interleague play is third among MLB teams behind the, the Marlins and the Yankees. Uh, since the beginning of 2021, Toronto has a 683 win percentage in interleague play. Yeah, that's the best among all MLB teams. So the, 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 the interleague play interleague play has been good for the well, Jays. I, I can tell you, we've been talking about Alec Manoa for, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. The American League East, they're 7-17. Seven and, 17. and, you, and he, he, he made six starts before he left. Oof. They lost all six. You just take away 
four of those. Yeah, make they're, him. Their record's better. They four. have more confidence. They probably, because of the the lack of innings that he threw in some of those starts. Now, he had a good one against the Yankees, if you remember, mm-hmm. where John, John may have taken him taken out too him early. early. Garcia yeah. came in and gave it up. They lost against the, against the Yankees. Probably should have went out for the eighth inning. Okay, you hand that to John. He had That's one of his better starts. The other one's not so good. Like, you, you take away the way they had to use their pen, the way they were struggling offensively. Maybe you get more confidence. He goes deeper in games, keeps the other team from scoring. Those six losses are a lot. We talked about this yesterday when we had a caller call in and was asking about the American League East record. How you can't take this team serious? Well, you just take away Alec Manoa. Bad start to his season, especially in the American League East. The season may be different. I'm not saying you might be in second place. Yeah, and, and but before you, you before be pushing people, that, before people jump on us, we are not saying that Alec Manoa is the reason this team is where it is. I mean, he hasn't helped, but no. it's been well. The record with the American the American League East, he had a lot to do with it. Yeah. You could say that. He's had a lot to do with that. Starting pitching, Blue Jays starting pitching, mm-hmm. 38 quality starts, fourth most in the majors. The rotations got 435 in the third innings, fourth most in baseball. Third in the AL in strikeouts, sixth in ERA, eighth in average. They're eighth in whip. Um, those are Toronto pitchers, and I'm sorry, that's a starting rotation. So yeah. the starting Mario, rotation. You say Kikuchi have been unbelievable. Even, even with even with those issues, the starting pitching the starting pitching has still has still held the fort. They're the reason why they're in a wild card spot. Oh, without question, <clears throat> say it without question. Absolutely. Oddly enough, the starting pitching is the reason they're in the wild card spot, and you could say the starting pitching is also the reason they're in. Fourth place in the American League East. If you're talking about Alec Manoa. There you go. You can. Yep. Uh, Sean Estes is a former Major League pitcher. He is currently the San Francisco Giants TV analyst. 707 is the first pitch tonight. We'll take a deeper dive into the Giants, who very quietly, very quietly have become one of the real good teams in Major League Baseball. I don't know if anybody saw this coming. I don't know if the Giants saw it coming. We'll find out what Sean Estes has to say. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Fans, Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tough. I mean, he's a he's a good pitcher, and uh, I think everybody that's watched him come up is is proud of the way he's developed. And uh, you know, he's he's the leader of that staff, so um, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to face old friends. I'm hoping I hit homers off of every one of them. Uh, I don't I don't want to hurt his feelings, but uh, I just want to embarrass his whole family. <laughs> that's awesome. That's Brandon Bell. That's what talking. I would say. That well. <laughs> I think we've learned enough about Brandon Belt now to uh, to realize. Um, I, I wouldn't say that Brandon Belt cries at the sight of an empty notebook, but he does like him a microphone. He's talking and about Logan wrong Webb. With that. He's talking about Logan who Webb. Who is yeah. real tough hit? Who is? Uh, yeah, he real tough hit. He, you better get him up in the strike zone. Yes. Um, and uh, the Giants will be facing their former teammate, their former captain. He called himself the captain, right? Much like James Shields called himself Big Game James. Why not? Um, Giants and uh, 
Jays in the first of a three-game set tonight at the Rogers Center. The Giants going with an opener, Ryan Walker. The Jays responding with Kevin Gossman. And uh, the series continues tomorrow. And Thursday, Logan Webb scheduled to start on Wednesday for the Giants. I mean, we talked about the Giants a little bit before the break. And looking at what didn't happen for the Giants in the offseason, looking at the division they played in, I mean, it seemed like the San Diego Padres were gobbling up every player and, and, and pitcher in, in the major leagues. You've got the Arizona Diamondbacks, and a lot of folks were in the Diamondbacks, young players early. And, of course, you've got the Dodgers, who are the Dodgers. But, lo and behold, it's the San Francisco Giants who are 44 and 34. They are road warriors. They have turned into Major League Baseball's road warriors. Sean Estes is a Giants TV analyst, former Major League pitcher. He joins us in Blair and Barker. Sean, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I would be lying if I said that Kevin and myself focus on the American or in the National League West all the time. But when we do, and when we've talked about it, we've kind of talked about all those other teams and yet here are the giants and, you know, looking at them, they seem to hit with runners in scoring position. And so far this month, at least they can't lose on the road. What would have happened if they had actually signed Aaron judge and Carlos Correa or somebody like that? Uh, they'd be 37 and 41, like the Padres, right? <laughs> Probably. So, go out and sign all these big name free agents. And then you can't win. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that, um, it would have made everybody happy for a little bit, mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, they would have came into the season with their superstar. People would have showed up to the ballpark to watch that player play, either be Correa or, or judge. But it doesn't necessarily translate into wins. Um, you know, they would have definitely had to sacrifice probably signing two, three, four guys that they do have that they couldn't have had if they had signed one of those two guys. So would they have been a better team? I don't know. I, I would have to say no in hindsight because, you know, and not that their free agent guys necessarily have been um, – Super productive. They have all been at times, but for the most part, it's just a great, it's a really good team. And uh, they found a way to, to, to really do what they do best. And that's, they grind out of bats. And it's simple as that as they go up there. And I know that the philosophy is, is easier said than done, but do damage with strikes. Don't expand your zone is, you know, stay within the strike zone, uh, make the opposing pitcher work, have a good eye at the plate, take a lot of walks. Yeah. The strikeouts are going to come, but the pitches that you do damage with, you hit them over the fence and that's what they've done this year. Now they found a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of confidence and chemistry late in games where they don't feel like they're out of any game. They feel like they have enough offense to where that their bullpen, if they can keep it close enough, they got a chance to win late and, that started happening about a month ago and it started happening on the road. And when you start winning games on the road and you start stealing games on the road from other teams where they're really good in their home ballpark, Cardinals, the Dodgers, um, you know, then, then you start something special and that's what they did. They, they ran off 10 straight and they've won, I believe five or six or seven consecutive series. So 
Uh, they're playing just really good baseball right now. Sean, that approach with with uh, nobody on base, I, I, I think that's what you're talking about. I mean, that's easy. I, I used to try and do that. It's, you know, it's when the heart rate's not beating like crazy because there's nobody on second. It's real simple to have that, you know, that nice, easy approach, get your pitch, drive it, stay in the big part of the field, you know, short to it, long through it. But this team, for whatever reason, and I need you to tell us this, with runners in scoring position, is almost second to none. Like, they're doing something that nobody else is doing. What is it? Well, I, I truly believe that it's, there, it's, it's, that's the approach that you just talked about. It's really just sticking to the process, and they preach it all the time. They start, it, they start with it in the minor leagues. They get, first of all, the personnel that they, that they attract, you know, or that they go out and they get, or, you know, the organizational development, how they develop these guys in the minor leagues, that's how they, that's what they preach from the time they get an organization and that's why you see a lot of guys that Farhan goes after, finds ID, the, the GM goes after are on-base percentage guys, guys that can take walks, guys that have a really good idea of the strike zone. And they feel over the course of the year, through the course of a game, through the course of an inning, through the course of a bat, if you can see a bunch of pitches, if you can – and I, I use the word grind, it's overused a lot, but that's really what they do, is they have guys who just have a really good idea what the strike zone is, they're able to slow the game down, you know, with runners in scoring position. It's not any different in their eyes, right? They, if they stick with that approach, no matter what the situation is, when there's a runner in scoring position, if if you can if you can, can stick if you can stick with that process, more often than not, you're going to get good results. And really, it's just trying to hit the ball hard, you know. And when you hit the ball hard, a lot of times good things happen. So. They have guys that can do that. They have guys that really do. They just have the ability. Brandon Crawford was hitting the buck 80 at one point this year, but he was almost, he was over 300 with runners in scoring position. So um, they have a knack and a belief that that, that process, the pressures on the pitcher in that situation, right? When you have runners in yep. scoring position, I know as a pitcher, the, the pressure, I, I looked at it as the pressures on the hitter, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't look at it that way, then you're already beat. I'm looking at it as they're, they're trying to do too much at the plate so I can get them to chase, right? Now all of a sudden I'm nibbling a little bit and then they're chasing or they're, they're, they're actually hitting my pitch. I win that battle. The Giants don't do that. They, they make the pitcher come to them and they make, they hit their pitch. And it, it puts a lot of stress on the opposing pitchers when you have to throw the ball over the plate. Uh, if not, they're going to take their walks and it, it, it's going to turn into a lot of crooked number innings. And that's what they do the best is they really pile on in, in certain innings, right? Where they'll, they'll score two, three, four runs in an inning because they just keep the pressure on the opposing pitcher. They get into bullpens and they make the pitcher feel like they're the ones that the pressure's on. And it's true. I mean, when you make guys work and you make guys stay in the strike zone, I know that like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to prey on the opposing hitters uh, being too aggressive in those situations. They want to drive that run in. So I'm going to see, I'm going to see if I can nibble a little bit and see if I can get them to hit my pitch. Giants just don't do that. They don't come out of their out of their out of their approach, and because of that, I mean, yeah, there is of course at times, but when you have nine guys buying into that philosophy, it's a difficult day for an opposing pitcher. Sean Estes joins us on Blair and Barker. Sean, in 2019, JD Davis hit 22 home runs, drove in 57 runs, mm-hmm. had an 8.95 OPS. I'm looking at him this year. So far this year, 10 home runs, 44 RBI, 2.85 average. Uh, he's got a 364 on base percentage, which I believe is the best among uh, National League third basemen. I know his batting average leads at Nolan Arenado and Austin Riley. Uh, 
tell us a little bit about J.D. Davis because he seems to be, you know, when you talk about sort of a sum is greater than the total of its parts or whatever the phrase is, he seems to be sort of the personification of this team in some ways. Well, David VR was given the third base job in spring training. Pretty much Kapler came right out and said it's his job to lose. And you have a J.D. Davis that was already on your roster. And I think J.D. Davis kind of took that to heart. He came in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And not only did he improve, or, or I shouldn't say improve it, you just mentioned the numbers in 2019. Not only is he building off of that season or, or reverting back to that season, but defensively he's been one of the best third basemen in all of baseball this year. And coming into you know the season, even last year, he was an average to below average third baseman. And over the course of his career, that's been the case. This year he's above average, so he took it heart to heart. That he, that's the one thing he could control is his defense. He worked really hard on it. And now, you know, if, you know, he's playing gold glove defense at third base. Now, offensively, he's always been one of the guys in the major leagues that it has, if you look at exit velocity and hitting the ball hard, he's always been in the top 10, his whole career. He did it last year even. And he hits the ball hard. He, when he, when he, when he swings at a baseball and he hits it, he usually hits it hard. And so when you do that consistently, more, not, more often than not, you're, you're going to start getting hits, right? You're going to start driving the baseball. You're going to find holes. Uh, it makes it just a lot tougher on the defense when you hit a ball hard. So that's pretty much what he's done. Um, he kills mistakes by pitchers. He's not missing a, lot, missing a lot of mistakes. Talk about another guy that's been just clutch, right, getting big hits, big moments. Um, he's another guy. I, I think there's also something I mentioned earlier is that when you have a bunch of guys that are kind of cut from the same cloth as far as their approach and, and just their process as far as offensive, you know, their offensive approach, when, when you don't feel the pressure, like if you're a middle of the lineup hitter, you don't necessarily feel the pressure to, to be the guy where you know that if you don't get it done, the guy behind you is going to put together a pretty good at bat and they got a chance to get it done. And what that does is it allows you just to relax a little bit more. I mean, Pure and simple, if you're relaxed at the plate, you slow the heart rate down, the game slows down, you have a better chance to succeed. And J.D. Davis is perfect. I think, you know, with the pitch clock this year, he even came out in spring training and said, had a team meeting and said that, uh, well, actually it was during the season, his first month of the season, where this pitch clock can speed guys up a lot mentally. And he says, if you guys are feeling like your heart's rate racing a little bit faster, if it's a situation where, you know, for example, a runner in scoring position, call timeout before the first pitch is even thrown. Gather your thoughts, get a game plan, and see if, that, if that's something that can benefit you. You see most guys do it with two strikes, right? They get a quick two strikes, and boom, they call timeout. They regroup. He was kind of like, why don't you guys do it before you even get to the, into the box, um, especially in a big moment where, where you, know, you, need to, you need to produce. And what that did is it, it got guys just kind of – and, and some guys took that to heart, and, and it paid off. Now other guys, you know, they stick with the two-strike deal or, or whenever they feel like they need it. But he's a very, he's a student of the game, and you know he's he. I think he was a kind of he. I think he was ahead of the game when it came to this whole a lot of the new rules, uh, because I thought that was a pretty good you know pretty good theory to have, right? Just mm-hmm. going if you, especially in situations where you you know you want to go up there and do some damage. Not that you don't with nobody on base, but obviously you just talked about runners in the scoring position, why they've been so good. Well, that's another reason. Why is Logan Webb so good? Nothing. He throws a straight. Um, 
far as the physical part of it. And then mentally he, he just, he, he has a short term memory. He has short term memory loss. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. He, he just, he, and he, he's a, he's flat out, you know, and I know that every big league pitcher is a competitor, but there's definitely different levels of, of compete. Um, and he, he has top notch comp- compete in him where, um, nothing affects him mentally. That, that's the, he, he never, he never gives in. He attacks constantly, no matter what's happening. I mean, he had a little bit, I mean, this year he's already given up more home runs than he did all of last year. That that's been one of the issues. And that's why he hasn't been probably as dominant as he could be. Cause he's throwing the ball much better. And even his numbers show, and they're pretty dang good. If you ask me right now, mm-hmm. But he could be even better if, if he was able to keep the ball in the ballpark. And, and fortunately for him, not a lot of crooked number home runs, a lot of solo shots. But, you know, he'll make a mistake, give up a home run, and then he'll lock it back in. And he'll go, he gives up a couple runs early in the game. I mean, it's, if he doesn't go six or seven and give, and give up three or less, it, it, it's, a, it's a poor outing in his mind. Um, he just mentally, he, he got to figure it out. You know, early in his career, he always had that bulldog mentality. Then um, he had some success, and then he believed that he was an ace. You know, that ace label gets thrown around quite a bit, but um, around the league, and some guys aren't deserving of that of that label. But he is because he wants the ball. If you if you if you have a t- if your team's on let's say a two or three or four game losing streak, he he's the guy you want to have the ball. He wants to give me the ball, put the team on my back and, and we'll get back in the win column. And not all the guys, not all, not a bunch of guys want the ball. He's had no run support this year either. I mean, for a while there, he was bottom two, bottom three run support. And it's really tough for a starting pitcher to, to pitch well when you're consistently going out there, you're getting two runs a game or less because every game's tight. Every pitch matters. There's a lot more pressure. He can handle it. It doesn't phase him. He just keeps going out and attacking hitters. That's the mental part, and that's half the battle, or more than half the battle, in my opinion. But physical part of it is, is he's got three pitches that all move, and he's also implemented more of a four-seam fastball now to go with the sinker that he'll mix in just to change eye level. And, you know, because everything he throws is at the bottom part of the zone, everything he throws, change-up, sinker, slider. Now you need something every once in a while because you get some guys that are low-ball hitters that actually can elevate that pitch. Now you need a pitch that you can actually change eye level and he'll throw the four-seamer in from time to time with two strikes just to do that. And that's been a different part of his game that we haven't seen in the past. It's just really, you know, it's been a, it's been a great weapon for him. So he throws strikes, he gets a ton of ground balls, and when they're catching it behind him, he, he's tough to beat. Sean, really good of you to yeah. join us today. Terrific insight, Wonderful my stuff. friend. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, guys, my pleasure. Yep. Take care. Sean Estes, San Francisco Giants TV analyst, former major league pitcher. I, I, w- I would think playing in that park you, as a hitter, you got to buy into stuff. Like you got to, I mean, ball doesn't carry a ton there, right? The ball, I think the wind's blowing right to left. That's why when you saw Barry going into the into the water all the time, it's, that's they make it such a big deal because of the way the wind's blowing. But I think as a hitter, just because of the weather consistently every single day when you're at home in that park, the way the wind's blowing, the way the ball doesn't carry a lot, how frustrating that could be if you lay into one, everything you're doing right you know, and it doesn't go where you want it to go is sort of the approach I think Sean's talking about, right? Is you, you're trying to hit the middle of the baseball, you're not trying to hit the bottom of the ball. You're not trying to hit the top of the ball. You're trying to hit the middle of the baseball because of where your home games are. And maybe, maybe that's sort of the approach they're, they're 
trying to buy into on yeah. the road too. And when you know you're just trying to make solid contact, that'll work anywhere. Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, a couple of guys. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Logan Webb. I'm looking forward to seeing Camilo Do- Dovell. Love watching that dude pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm really I'm. Brandon Crawford. Let me just read these numbers for Brandon Crawford. I think there's some people going, oh, Brandon Crawford's still playing. Well, he's hitting 290 with seven doubles, 10 RBI, and a 774 OPS in his last 13 games. And that includes includes going two for 16 on on his last homestand. Um, You know, he's hitting 295 in fastballs since May 22nd. He started the year hitting 195 in fastballs. He's another guy with runners in scoring position has really picked up. Yep. Uh, you know, they they just, they do things, it sounds trite, but they do things the right way. And hearing Sean talk, you almost get the sense that you know, the Oakland Athletics are a mess. You almost get the sense that these are more money ball dudes than the Oakland Athletics are. That might be too simplistic. That might be too simplistic because they do have some good pitching, but just their approach. Yeah, Conforto's been good. Peterson's been good. Uh, Davis, you've been talking about there. Yeah. He's been really good. He's probably their all-star. Obviously, they you know they take pitching and figure out ways to throw certain pitches. I don't want to say abuse that pitch, but they'll throw it enough to make everything else that much better. That's sort of what they do off the field to make their players on the field that much yeah. better, better than other teams do it, right? They see it in a different light and can tend you know, sort of mesh that player with what pitch. I don't think it needs to make them a better player. Yeah. Sort, sort of. You know, that's what you do as an organization. You try and make your players better, and I think they do it better than most teams do it. So, yeah, and it helps to have a manager who's completely comfortable with analytics and and the whole thing. I, absolutely. He, well, he says it a different way than yeah. Sometimes you. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to rewind it, listen to it again, rewind it, listen to it again. Like it, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but yep. <laughs> I mean. He's saying he's selling it differently. Uh, it's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Mr. Mark Boffo, producer extraordinaire. Oh, he's good today. Yo, he's he's Man. been on he's been on it today. You kidding me? He's got Dan O'Dowd coming up in the next hour. Not bad. And he's got Ben Wagner. Always hard to get Ben Wagner to right, come he's on. Tough. From the ballpark. From the ballpark. Wow. Good work. <laughs> Thanks, boys. All right. Uh, let's do some good work uh, with these betting Don't bother with the here. segue. Just give us the betting lines. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm the host. You know, if you want to come in here and sit your ass in here, then you can do the segues. But right now, just give me the betting line. Ryan Walker That's an starting for the Giants. Kevin Gosman against his former team for the Jays. Bet Rivers has the over-under cool. set at eight and a half runs uh, combined for both teams. Will this go over or under tonight at Rogers? Center? I don't like picking these. I do. I do. I have to have a reason this time because I don't really have one. Because it would tell you by the way they've scored eight runs a game in the nine the last nine wins on the road, they're scoring eight runs. You would say just by saying that stat, stat out loud for the Giants that they're going to go over, you'd think the Jays are going to score at least two runs. I'm taking the under. I think Gosman, because of who he's facing, he's well-rested. He'll have the extra little gear with the heater. Uh, he'll throw enough sliders to make the split finger better. He'll throw the split finger enough. Yeah, strikes I, to make it better and get more swing and misses. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the under as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, at Kevin Gossman. You know, he's he had that hiccup three yeah. starts ago, yeah. six earned runs. 
and I don't want to say this out loud, but I'm going to. I don't know if I trust Vladdy's approach just yet. Okay. That's fair. I I I take the under as well. I wouldn't have any yeah. I wouldn't have any question about that. Didn't really have an answer. I think it's going to be. I, I think it. I tried my best. You know, the one thing, one number to keep in mind though, too, is uh, I don't. I mean, the I, I was looking at this with the Giants because there was something that stood out about them. They're three and twenty-three when they score three or fewer runs. Now, a lot of teams score three or fewer runs. You're not going to have a winning record, but you kind of get my point. It just kind of feels like I think Gossman has a big outing, and yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you. I, I just I need to see the approach from Vladdy against a good team. I can see four two or something like that. Uh, me too. Yeah, five three. We'll take the under. I think we nailed it. I think we'll take the under. Yeah, we'll take the under in that. No, I mean, and then if we're both watch them score thirty runs, but no, they won't score. They won't. Won't score thirty Mm-mm. runs tonight. Um, pretty much guarantee that. That was between the guarantee. lines. Brought to you by Bet Rip. Rah. That's a guarantee. Well, I don't know. That I don't even I don't know. That was between the lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. It just doesn't feel like it. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like doesn't. a a game. We've got the extra day for Gossman. Yeah, it's, just, it's I just feel pitching duel, not pitching duel because they've got an. Opener. He hasn't got a, gotten a lot of swing and misses in his last couple of starts, which would tell you. And against this team, now you pointed out what what how many whiffs has he had? Set, set, Seventeen his last two starts, and that's against the Marlins and the Rangers, which are hard to get swing and misses off of. Just yeah. the in-game adjustments, bat-to-ball skills. Like, they're younger. Marlins got some younger guys who know bat speed and velocity. It's hard to, you know, set them up right for the split finger. You can do that to an older team. Rangers got a good offensive team, yeah. so it's been hard. I just think you'll get more in this game, and they'll they'll go where they want to go today. Dan O'Dowd is MLB network analyst. He's a former MLB general manager. We'll ask him the question all of Toronto is asking today. What do you read into Alec Manoa's outing? Should you read anything into it? When would be a good time to get Alec Manoa back up here? Dan O'Dowd joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Covering the Raptors in depth like no one else. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Defense, Sportsnet 360. If you're listening to us via podcast, please leave Barker a great rating and a review. Take it. means so, means the world to me. So much. I'll take you. it. Well, the uh, story du jour in Toronto, as far as baseball fans are concerned, was Alec Manoa's start in the Florida Complex League earlier today. Uh, 11 earned runs. Ten hits, two walks, three strikeouts, two home runs allowed in two and two-thirds innings. Now, Kevin and I talked about this in great detail uh, in the first, the, the top of the show. It's, this is, we, we need to stop thinking about this as a rehab start. There's more going on here than having a dude try to come back from a shoulder a There's much more going on. There's much more going on yeah. here than that. Uh, the Jays aren't going to tell us everything that's going on, nor should they. No. Nope. 
The fact of the matter is it's a, it's a complicated situation. The fact of the matter is also this is a Cy Young finalist last year and a guy who was the opening day starter for the mm. Blue Jays. So there's a lot of questions with Alec Manoa. Dan O'Dowd is MLB Network analyst. You can watch Dan all week on MLB Network's MLB Now and MLB Tonight. Plus, he will contribute to MLB Network's draft coverage, which is next Sunday, July 9th in Seattle, the site of this year's All-Star Game. Dan O'Dowd joins us in Blair and Barker. Dan, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. It's uh, great to talk to you. We trust that you're doing well. Look, every situation is different. I get that. But... um, with Alec Manoa, as a former general manager, how do you handle knowing when this guy is ready to come up again? Because I'm almost at the point where if I don't see him until the start of next year, I'm just going to assume that's because the Jays don't think he's ready. Well, uh, Jeff and Kevin, I appreciate you having me on, and thank you for the easy question right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so... uh you know, predicting uh, baseball performance is, uh, boy, I mean, it's an exercise in uh, humility because there's so many shades of gray. But uh, going into the year, you would not have thought, you know, the way Alex really has pitched for two years now, that he'd blow a tire to the point that he has this year. So, Jeff, I, I think you said it really well at the beginning of the show. Um, I think there's something more going on here. You know, I'm a big believer in movement patterns how your body works together ultimately it ter- determines how you can execute a skill in the course of competition. And his body just, you know, for me watching his mechanics just didn't work together at all. And um, until they can figure out and he can figure out how to find that again, um, I don't think he even comes close to being on your radar. I don't think there's a, there's a pixie dust thing. He goes to the minor leagues, sprinkles some on him, and all of a sudden all his problems go away. When you're sporting a, you know, a base on ball rate of six and a half and you're giving up uh, 1.71 home runs per night, yeah, that's just not functional at the big league level. And I'm not surprised he got hit. You know, a rookie level, rookie level is interesting. You've got a ton of kids. They don't really care who you are. Uh, if you don't command your fastball and you're not throwing hard and he wasn't when he went down, you're going to get killed. <laughs> so... You know, I'm not so, and down in Dunedin, that ball can fly down there, and it can really fly in the summertime a little bit too. And so, I'm not surprised this happened. Honestly, in the long run, it's probably a really good thing for him. This is happening because mm-hmm. he's got to figure out uh, what's going on and solve the issues, not fix them. Fixing them is like putting a Band-Aid on on the problem. Whatever's got going on, he's got to get things right, both physically and mentally. One of the things I've, I've wondered about this, and, and this will tie in with a question I'm going to ask you later about Jordan Westberg, but because Kevin made a point yesterday about how the Orioles, the Orioles are playing this smart. They're bringing up their young guys into a good environment, a winning environment. Uh, you know, they've got some of their veteran players. They're healthy now. Cedric Mullins is back, all of this stuff. And, and it kind of morphed into a discussion about with Alec Manoa, is it simply you're ready when you're ready and you don't worry about when that is, whether it's the end of August, second week of September, you don't look for a soft spot in the schedule to try to work him in. It's when he's ready, you bring him up. Are are you a believer in that? Or is there something to be said for bringing a guy up and incorporating a guy into a successful situation? Well, I think the Blue Jays could be in a pennant race all year. So I don't think there's going to be any soft spot to put him in a pennant race. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's got to be right. And I don't think you should time frame it at all. 
you know, he'll know uh, when he when he knows, and the team will know when he knows. And so, you know, unless he gets his delivery issues straightened out, I don't know if that's physical or mental, because um, I'm not close enough to the situation. I would just put him on a back burner right now, and I would, as a GM, I would almost be of the inkling that we're not going to get this guy back, so we've got to figure out how to move forward without him. And if we get him back, we're going to be that much better. Dan, I wonder about the mental part of it. I, I can remember when I got sent down, and, and boy, I struggled mentally. I, it wasn't physical for me. I, I can remember when I got sent down to San Diego crying. I'm not afraid to say that, right? I was a grown man, but I tried hard, right? I was I was a trier. I was trying to get through things, and when I got sent down to AAA, I couldn't hit a ball for T. Now, I, I, I was hitting a bunch of homers in the minor leagues, and for a guy to go in a cage and not be able to hit a ball for T, I just wonder front offices about how they handled the mental part of it. We know the physical part of it's there for Alec, right? The conditioning and the arm speed and the break on the slider and all those things. But I just wonder about the Blue Jays organization as a whole getting through, Dan, that mental hurdle. We know it's a hurdle now. If it's not after today <laughs> getting lit up, it should be. I wonder how organizations get through that. Well, Kevin, um, mental fitness is an area in our game that needs tremendous attention. But I, I, I'd like to back up to a couple of your comments because uh, I may disagree with them a little bit. See, I think it is physical to start with. Okay. I think his delivery is a mess. I think his velocity is down two miles an hour. He's lost two inches of vertical break, horizontal break on his sweeper, his slider that he called it, which was an out pitch. He completely lost the command of his fastball. So when you lose the command of your fastball, that means your body is not connected at all in your ability to do that. Now, I'm sure that led to some mental anguish as he tries to figure out how this train ran over him so quickly because I think the kid probably didn't see this coming either. And now the thing has just spiraled out of control. I go so far as to say until you get the physical part of pitching right you can't really address the mental part until you get the physical part right. It's like a hitter, Kevin. Yeah. And you know this. Yeah. Is that if your swing is not right and you're going in there and you're working at it and you don't feel your swing, you're never going to be right mentally because you feel like you're going to war with one hand tied behind your back. So until they get his delivery, and I'm a, again, I'm a big believer that the game revolves around movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Until you sync your movement patterns, you can't execute a skill. When you watched him pitch at the big league level this year, he couldn't sync any movement pattern at all. When they would set up to go glove side away, he couldn't execute a pitch. Nope. When they set up to go glove side in, he couldn't execute a pitch. Heck, when Danny sat in the middle of the plate and said, just throw it here, he couldn't execute a pitch mm-hmm. until he until he solved whatever is causing that issue. You know, then I, I, the mental part of it, you do need to address, but you got to address the physical part first. Boy, I wish I'd have knew, known you 25 years ago, Dan. I'd have been a much <laughs> better player. I'd have been in big leagues longer. I know that. You know what? Yeah, Kevin, I didn't know this 25 years ago. <laughs> That's a, yeah, me oh, either. That's pretty cool. I don't cool. Like I would have been able to have that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's the value of experience. <laughs> Can't teach it. Um, yeah, wisdom. Dan, uh, speaking of wisdom, on June 6th, Pete Alonzo uh, yelled out of the Mets dugout to Bryce Elder after he gave up a home run to throw it again, please. Uh, the Mets are five and thirteen since then. The Braves are sixteen and three. <laughs> um, now I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna put two and two together here, but I, I am gonna ask you, uh, you know, 
I look at the Mets, look at the Cardinals, I look at the Padres. It seems to me that there are a bunch of teams that thought they were going to have really good years who are really scuffling right now. Do you think that may have, at the trade deadline, we may see more, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, change of, quote, unquote, change of scenery trades made, made between teams? And I'm not saying Pete Alonzo, but where some big names may go because these teams are underperforming and they've got to shake it up. Yeah, I think that's, well, that's a great analysis on your part. I really, really think so. And I actually think at the trading deadline, which I've done now for years, the only trades that really ever turn out are the guys you trade for at the big league level. Mm-hmm. The problem I think some of them are going to have is that um, some of the contracts the Padres have are simply immovable. As great of players as they are, those contracts are really going to be difficult for other organizations to swallow. Um, and I do think the Padres have a cultural issue there, and I don't, I can't really put my hand on it. But the sum of the parts don't add up to the individual parts. And they don't play well as a team together, which is at the end of the day, all that talent. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't connect as a team to play the game, to win the game, you don't win. Uh, Cardinals, gee, I, can't, I didn't see this one coming at all. I didn't like their starting pitching. Um, I, I think the Cardinals, for me, and I don't like to throw anybody under the bus, uh, but I, but I also am not afraid to do that if I feel about it. I, I, I would make a change with the manager before I'd make a change with the entire team. And why I say this, I think a manager's job is to stabilize things. I mean, this is a team a year ago that caught the ball exceptionally well and they ran the bases exceptionally well. They did fundamentally things well. He was the same manager back then, but now they've added. They have more talent in their outfield. The young is back. Edmund stabilized their shortstop position. Donovan stabilizer, second base in the position. Edmund doesn't play shortstop anymore. Heck, he doesn't even play second base anymore. He plays center field now. Donovan's playing all over the place. It's like, I look at the Cardinals, I don't know what their identity is anymore. Mm. And I think it's so important that a manager establishes an identity for their ball club. And I think you do that at times by just stabilizing and said, you know what? These are my best players. I'm going to play these guys. This is where they're going to hit in the lineup. And you know what, guys? You figure it out. Because I think when you don't do that, you give the players an excuse for why not they don't play well. Mm-hmm. And maybe that wouldn't change their fortunes, but it hasn't been done, so I don't know. With the Mets case, they just had a ton of players this year that they banked on were going to be as good as last year, and they all regressed. I mean, every one of them. And you got to follow their money. You know, Scherzer hasn't been good. Verlander hasn't been good. Lindor has been awful. And, you know, like, God, you know, every team, it's like I look at the Blue Jays. For the Blue Jays to win this year, Vlad Jr.'s got to pick it up, man. Like, Mm -hmm. 11 home runs is not going to cut it. And Springer's got to play better. You know, that's just the bottom line. All these guys have the talent to do so, but in each team, the way they're constructed and built, certain guys just have to play well for that team to win. In the Mets case, you know, the guys that – you know, have always played well, just aren't playing well this year. And for them to win, they got to play well. Yeah, I can't see what, I wait to see what happens. I, I want to ask you, the All-Star Game's coming up soon. That means the home run derby. And you brought up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with the with the lack of hitting home runs. And I wonder, 
front offices what they think of the home run derby. Dan, you think it makes sense or you think it would help confidence-wise? Now, it looks like Vladdy's made some adjustments. He's trying to lay off the ball away, right? It's, you know, you lay off the pitcher's pitch. You you force them in the zone. Maybe you give them a chance to throw one down the middle. You can do that. It's okay to hit with, you know, a strike or two strikes. It looks like he's at least trying to do that. But I wonder, home run derby, is that a is that a thing organizations cringe at or – they sort of might push a player in that role to say it might be good for you. Go out there and hit a bunch of them, give you a little confidence. You know, Kevin, I think it's campaign everything with the same brush. It might help Vladdy a ton um, to get back in that arena and, you know, feel the pump of that adrenaline again. I mean, he's still sitting here with a 125 weight of crunch plus. I mean, he's still an elite player. Yeah. But this kid's ability is beyond elite. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like MVP superstar type ability. And so it might be good for him. I cringed at it because I think the physical and mental wear and tear in the event itself, it's really hard for guys to bounce back in, in doing that. But in Vladdy's case, you know what? It may be a really good thing for him just to click, you know, find that adrenaline click rush again for him. Because the Blue Jays, I, I still believe in the Blue Jays team. I believe in their talent. I believe in the character of the team. But they, they're going to need, you know, the two big boys to actually, you know, second half of the year perform up to their God-given abilities. Dan, I'm not going to ask you to do uh, Michael Elias' job for him, but, I mean, it seems like everything everything the Orioles have done in the last two years has has worked out. Um, now, you know, Jordan Westberg, it's just one game, but uh, he certainly did not look like he was intimidated uh, by things. Are, are they perhaps better positioned than any team at the trade deadline right now? Because they've, I mean, they've, they've, still got, they've still got three dudes in the minor leagues that, you know, uh, that they don't have to touch, frankly, and they can still—they've still got enough prospects that they can put a, a deal together for somebody. Yeah, I think they're positioned great. You know, I, I, the only bone I've got to pick with the Orioles is—you uh, know—it's great to accumulate talent. But you got to transition the talent to the big league level and let them run. I, I thought at the end of the, the beginning of the year, I was kind of angry, and I shouldn't be because I really—I <laughs> don't have anything to do with the Orioles. <laughs> But I love Gunnar Henderson, and mm-hmm. so it was driving me crazy that he was playing different positions every night. They were moving him up and down the lineup every night, and he struggled. He got off to a, a pretty bad start. When they called up uh, Westberg, they sent out Ortiz, who I think is a heck of a player too. Yep. Like at some point in time, you've got to look at like Adam Frazier and some of the fringier guys on your roster and say, okay, it doesn't matter that we signed them. If they're not better than our younger players, then we're got to go with our best players. And then you got to let your best young players play. You can never lose sight how you've gotten to be good to begin with. You've got to let your horses and your core and your impact kids actually play. And I thought the Orioles this year have, have struggled to do that. Saying that, the next most important thing is you got to decide of all the talent you've collected, who you're comfortable parting with and you don't look back, and you try to address your, your, your pitching situation, they need not one starter for me. They need two, and they need to add some more depth in their bullpen. And heck, this team could win a World Series if, if they're fortunate enough for some of those things to fall in place for them. Dan, you have a lot to do with the draft, and you're, you're talking about needing starters. And you look at Skeens with LSU and Cruz for LSU, too, and the draft's coming up, that number one pick. Who do you got? And if yep. they and if they draft Skeens, I, I got a theory for you. Why why not run him straight from college to the pros? If you're Pittsburgh, why 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 send him to well, the minor leagues? What what's he working on? Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, um, just a couple things. Um, I was always the believer that I always take the position player over the pitcher just because of the risk of injury. But, boy, this year, I can honestly tell you, when I watch schemes, I don't think in the last 40 years of looking at amateur baseball, I can actually put a guy that I can say, well, he reminds me of that. Like today, Mark Tarosa said, Garrett Cole, I think he's better. I looked at Roger Clemens. Maybe that's a comparison. Um, but this guy's got glove side command of a 100 mile an hour fastball, and he's got arm side command of an 88 mile an hour changeup. Now, think about a hitter trying to yeah. cover both sides of the plate. And oh, by the way, he's got a low uh, 90 mile an hour uh, slider with an, he throws from an incredible slot. My only reason that I would give him some time in the minor leagues, Kevin, is yep. the following. So the kid went to the Air Force Academy. Now think about that. He's a six foot eight guy going to the Air Force Academy, knowing he's never going to fly a plane. So that <laughs> says a lot about the kid right there. Mm-hmm. Number two, he was a two way player. His freshman year, he didn't pitch much at all. He caught most of the time, and had, he was a prolific home run hitter. And then his sophomore year, he split time between catching and pitching. And so he's really new to the game of baseball, and he's really new to the art of pitching. And so the only thing I would be concerned about would be just his awareness about the game at the big league level and how quickly it moves and the lifestyle and the travel and the expectation and the fishbowl that you live in. You know, I just want to make sure that he's emotionally prepared to handle that. Stuff-wise, I mean, the guy's ready, man. Yeah. And this stuff's elite. It's all the other things, Kevin, that you know that goes into really maximizing the guy's potential at the big league level. I'd, I'd want to make sure that he's prepared mentally for all of that. That's a great point. Dan, really good of you to join us yeah, today. Thanks so much. Terrific insight as always. Yeah, you're the best. Great, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah. having me on. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Dan O'Dowd of the MLB Network. And, again, you catch Dan all week on MLB Network's MLB Now and MLB Tonight. Plus, he will contribute to MLB Network's draft coverage next Sunday, July 9th in Seattle, the site of this year's All-Star Game. Yeah, he cleared the Manoa stuff up, which is which is intriguing. See, I, I would think it's reverse. For me, it was. I, my mechanical issue was because my brain wasn't getting out of the way. I was talking myself into things that was not happening. It's it's almost like when Vladdy's swinging at pitches he shouldn't be swinging at. Oh, it's mechanical. No, it ain't. If you swung at pitches you were supposed to be swinging at, your swing would look like it's looked the last three days. He hasn't changed anything the last three days other than what he's swinging at or what he's not swinging at. So, for me, it was the opposite. But listening to Dan talk sounds like he's been around players. Yeah. And more times than not, it's the physical, mechanical part of it first, see, and then the mental part will work itself out. That's intriguing the way he explained that. See, I think what we're getting, what we're realizing now with Alec Manoa, and we people have kind of danced around this issue, but, you know, he talks about what was the phrase he used, movement patterns. Yep. It's a great way uh, to say it, too. Movement patterns. That's a nice way to say it. With the body. Um, I don't think anybody ever looked at you when you were scuffling and said, dude, you got to get in shape. Never. And I think that maybe the mental aspect of things for 
Alec. See, I think I'm willing to bet Alec knows exactly what he's doing wrong. And it's a battle to get back to where he was. And and I think I, in, in his case, the mechanical feeds into the physical as a, or in, 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 into the mental yeah, as opposed to the other way I around. I know for a fact I've been told they know exactly what it is. It's just repeating when it's bad to fix it quicker because of conditioning. That that it's is an old story. Maintain your velocity. Of, maintain your delivery. Yeah, How do you yeah, do that? Yeah. Well, By maybe being... I maybe I can't because my conditioning's not letting me right now. Right. That, I know what it is, and I know when I do it, and I know I'm frustrated. You see me on the mound because I know exactly what and, I should be doing to fix it. And here's the thing: he's that he would not. It's intriguing. You know, he's a young dude. He is. He is a young he's a good dude. dude too. He's a good dude. He he's a young dude. He wears his heart in his sleeve. He does. And you know what? A lot of guys. Yeah, we talked about who who were we we talking about yesterday with uh, uh, mechanical issues because he's 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 so big. We were talking about how bigger pitchers. We're talking in terms Glass of height. Now. Yeah, how, how they can have mechanical issues yeah. and all that. I think larger dudes have can have mechanical issues. No question. And it's going. You just can't stop it from going. <laughs> That's basically what it is. I, I, I think yeah. it is. But yeah. I, I like Dan's approach, and that is the approach I'm going to adopt. Yeah. You know what? Just assume you're not going to have Alec the rest of the year. If if go about your process, Hyunjin Ryu comes back, or if a starting pitcher falls into your lap, and let's say this, thank, I'm going to say this again, thank God for Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. No question. Because well, if this that. is what the Jays have right now, the starting pitcher they are looking at at the deadline is way different than the guy they might have been looking at. Now you might be looking at a fifth starter. You're not looking at a guy who's no, good no, enough no. to be your opening day starter. You're looking at a guy who's good enough to be your fifth starter. So, um, you know, and, and I just think Dan, I think Dan's hit the nail on the he head. He did, and the Skeens thing, too. If you're the Pirates and you, and you take him, I mean, Dan said 40 years, and you know Dan. Dan yeah, the other Dan, guys. Dan's like one of the smartest so dudes in baseball. Good. But Skeens, I mean, 102, you can command that. The other guy looks like a – But but when Dan started saying the, the every five-day thing yeah. that he does not do now, right? You saw how hard it was when yeah. he did a regular five-day thing. The velocity went down a tick. It's interesting. Yeah. No, it uh, it, it, uh, it well, really is. I would is. send him to the big leagues. I know that. I know you That's would. That's me. Uh, we've got a trivia. We're going to give away tickets in the uh, next segment uh, before uh, before our friend Ben Wagner joins us. we got a real good trivia. The boys have really outdone themselves with this trivia. Well done with this trivia question. coming. Yesterday's you pooched it. But this is really well yeah, done. I can't this clap until question. I hear it. That's a good one. Hard for me to do That's that. That's a good one. Um, is that sincere? No, it is sincere. No, I am being I sincere. It. I don't feel it. No, guy. I, I like said yesterday because I wanted you to use this question yesterday. And then he kind of pooched it. He kind of, you know, I mean, the, you know, it was kind of, mm. you know, wasn't mm. up to the usual to find the. Well, I mean, everything's on the internet, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but this one, no, this one's good. Yeah, yeah. You this, are you are perfect. You're the exact person to talk to about this. Listen, I've always getting it right. Like we we know that that thing you played the second at bat, like that just we're never going to live that down. Mm. It's the it's the first time in like how many years? Mm. Yeah, Bo's going a uh, yard in his third at bat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, third at bat, third at bat, third at bat. 
Uh, we've got tickets to give away, and Ben Wagner, we're not giving I him away. We're not going to give Ben Wagner away, no, but he is going to join us on the broadcast booth. We do need him. Ben Wagner joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I got a favor to ask you. Nope. Not you. Just our listeners. Oh. Would have ever, whoever kidnapped Mark Boffo, please give him back to us, because the guy we got is, uh, I'm just not. I like Mark. Well, I'm just, today, he was, he, he's kind of, I don't know. He doesn't agree with you. No, but that's, that's, uh, uh, that was, you get mad at everybody that doesn't agree with you. That was an interesting break. The, the discussion was interesting. Well, it certainly what I was. Do. Don't listen. <laughs> I'm I'm good at that. I've mastered that around yeah, you. you have. I see your lips moving. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio Those or on facts. the podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question right. to 590-590. Get it right. Uh, our last trivia question and answer was first ballot Hall of Famer and D-backs great Randy Johnson is best known for being one of the most dominant starting pitchers ever. But what, what? Well, let it beat you. You sit down. What hobby outside of baseball is his true passion? The answer was photography. There you It's like, dumb question. What are you talking about? Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Diamondbacks down at the Rogers Center on July 16th. No way in hell you're going to get this one. Don't feel bad. I didn't get it either. Two Diamondbacks have won the NL Cy Young Award. Randy Johnson and who else? Ooh. Again, two Diamondbacks have won the NL Cy Young Award. Randy Johnson and who else? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Get to see the Arizona D-backs on July 16th. You can welcome Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno back to Toronto. You can. Do you know the answer to that one? I'll show you. Would you have known? No. It's a good question. That's a decent one. That's a good one. I'm not going to ask Wagner if he knows. Well, okay, I'll ask Wagner. Ben Ben well, Wagner joins us from the broadcast. No. Well, I mean, I don't know. If you know the answer, don't give it. Just be, I'll, well, I, I, I just had I, a guess. I would guess. Two guess, Diamondbacks guess. have won the NL Cy Young Award. Randy Johnson and who else? Schilling? Ah, mm. uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to give the answer away. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> first time, long time. Ben Wagner joining us from the first time, last time. Ben Wagner yeah, yeah, joining yeah. us. Way to go, Jeff. From the booth. So, uh, Alec Manoa, we're not going to oh. see him until 2024, right? Um, you know what? That, I know you kind of throw that out there like it's a thing that wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. at the start of this thing, that is a, a very big indication that I got that, you know, it was going to be a very, very slow return without absolutely any rush. Um, To be quite honest, I was surprised at how early 
he got an assignment to throw in a competitive game. Me too. Which today, Good point. today classifies as a competitive game. So he is light years away from where I, I kind of got, just reading the tea leaves, an indication of how the organization was going to treat this thing. So um, what does that tell you? I think it tells me that they're really pleased with the progress that he's made to this point. Um, certainly, you look at the line and you're not you're not thrilled with that. Uh, that's glaring. Um, now, you know I, I've got a lot of years of experience watching major league rehab assignments that never go as planned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the adrenaline isn't, as they say, what it is in the show. Um, when a lot of these rehab assignments go, and, and that goes for in the South Atlantic League to the International League, you, you know, uh, it's it's hard to get the, the blood pumping. But still, there's an assignment, right? And there's a lot of pride that's taken into this. I was texting back and forth with somebody that um, has really good knowledge of the situation and where Alec was going. And, you know, they kind of downplayed the overall results. And, you know, they said, now remember, He's out there working on things, so he's not exactly going out there with a with a scouting report, right? And I have yet to confirm whether or not he was supposed to just throw fastballs, for an example, right? right? What what are the what are the restraints around this outing? What is the real focus here? Is it about working on something downhill? And he feels more comfortable throwing fastball after fastball after fastball. Well, an eighteen to twenty two year old kid can square that up, mm-hmm. and. Um, somebody gave an indication earlier today that maybe there weren't as many defensive plays made behind Alec Manoa that should have been made either. So, again, they're certainly, they, as in the Blue Jays organization, certainly not making excuses for the results of Alec Manoa, but everybody's saying that it's like, hold on a second. Let's just, let's take this one game at a time. Uh, but there is absolutely zero rush from what I learned today in connecting it what I learned weeks ago yeah. about Manoa and his return. Ben, what do you do now? Like, what do you what do you do after after he had an, the outing he's had now? What, what do you what? Like, it's do you give him a start in five days from now? How do you do this? Like, what happens? Yeah, I think you run him out there. Do you really? I do. I do. I think be, they're encouraged physically, from what I'm told. They're encouraged, and they they rave about like his his mindset around this scenario and this comes from multiple people within the organization that they're they're really happy with what they hear when they talk to Alec Manoa about this situation um, so even though it's a, a certainly a setback and and I think your pride gets dinged a little bit when you you go out there and you get waffled no uh, like like you did today but what are the metrics what are what's the eye test tell you on some of the things that he was working on uh, so is it five days? Maybe. Is it seven days? But I think you calculate every time he goes to the mound. And today was no surprise. It was a calculation to get him out there on the bump. But it would not surprise me in five to seven days from now that we learn about another Alec Manoa, you know, outing on a backfield in Clearwater. Mm. Ben, uh, the Giants, obviously, the Giants are in town for the first of three games tonight. And, you know, Kevin's talked about their approach. And... They're a team that, uh, what did, well, how did you, right? they walk a lot. They, they strike out. They strike out quite a, fair a bit, amount. but they walk a lot. But they walk a lot. They, uh, do, yeah. they grind out at bats. How concerned would you be knowing that Kevin Gossman's coming off back-to-back starts? Or how many whiffs? Uh, 17 in his last two starts. 17 in his last two starts combined. How concerned would you be about that? 
Uh, well, it's a it's an organization that certainly knows a lot about Kevin Gosman, right? And mm-hmm. encouraged him to become the Kevin Gosman that Blue Jay fans have grown to appreciate so much. I I would certainly be concerned uh, that the whiffs are going down. I'm concerned even facing the San Francisco Giants. The whiffs are going down on on the stuff that Kevin Gosman has had. I like the fact that maybe there's an opportunity as he just takes the field for the first time tonight that perhaps we see a little uptick in velocity. I would love to see that mm-hmm. from the fastball. Maybe that's an indication, too, that he can generate more whiffs and get some more strikeouts. Uh, but he's he's got to execute the fastball. Y- you know, he, he just can't lay it over there because um, if he's going with the soft stuff, that's been getting barreled. You know, they get me over fastballs right now. But the splitter is going to be the difference maker in today's game. And and he's got he's to have the good one. There's no doubt. And it's got to generate some swing and miss out of this very patient San Francisco lineup. Uh, is Vladdy back? Not yet. Nope. Uh, nope. Not for me. Not yet. No? Um, uh, he's close. Y- you know, I, I think he's really close. He took some swings during the road trip that that gave me the indication early on Friday, chatting with some people they like more of the rhythm and that sync that he's got with the hands mm. dropping down a little bit and 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 that explosive nature uh and, and you know what yeah, his confidence is certainly coming back there's no doubt about it the three games that he had against oakland i think but until he's the driver until he is taking over the lineup and single-handedly i mean the proof's in the pudding with vladimir guerrero jr right he's going to tell everybody when he's back in and, and we're all going to see it just arrive on, on one big night yeah, I'm wondering. I don't want to hammer on the hitting coaches or anything like that because we've done it enough, and it's and it's their their easy game in, in baseball, hitting coaches and pitching coaches. But I wonder. Look, I, I, Victor Martinez was around on the weekend. We know Edwin's in uh, for this That's series. A great point you're about to make. I, I'm just wondering. Any what took so long? Any basically, uh, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just wondering if there's any any connection. And I'm I, I'm not calling anybody out, but. I, I know if I'm Vladdy, you know, Victor Martinez and yeah. Edwin, uh, you know, those are dudes who've probably gone through What's what I'm going through that right they now. Ain't saying it's well, they're dudes. Well. I mean, they're dudes, yeah. right? I mean, uh, a couple of these guys have some serious street cred, and they made their impact going all the way all the way back to spring training. I mean, one of the big one of the big ripples and buzzes I remember being on the backfields in Dunedin is when Victor Martinez walked mm-hmm. out, and guys were coming to him. You know, you know when a guy shows up. And the current guys go to that guy, if you yeah. get me. Right? Yeah. And that's when you know. That's when you know it's a different day at the office. And people went to Victor Martinez. And he's obviously had a presence more than he ever has since he left the organization. Um, I asked Victor Martinez on Friday how you approach working with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he said, I have to be very, very careful and pick my spots when I talk to him because Vladdy knows and everybody knows. But the thing that you have to be aware of, how many voices are going to be at Vladdy at one time? Mm. Victor said when he struggled the most, that's when he was hearing it from a manager, a pitching coach, somebody that he had in his back uh, in his back pocket, you know, in his support network, it comes from a, from an analytical standpoint. There can be so much thrown at you in a given amount of time. You've got to be very careful. So it's very orchestrated. If you see some conversations, or or the flip side of that is, does Vladimir Guerrero Jr. go to Victor Martinez mm. with something specifically? And Vladdy 
and Victor have been at the cage now the last four games, including today, as they tee this one up. Uh, there is a lot of back and forth. We saw the back and forth as well, not only at Rogers Center, but uh, Victor was there in Miami too. So, you know, he's now he's now been around the ball club for about a week. And we know that he's made a difference already in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He, we know he made an impact on some other guys, including Santiago. Santiago, yes. In, yeah, in spring training. So uh, this guy's got his thumbprint already on a number of different Blue Jays. You think he wants to be the hitting coach? Any word of that? Think he would do it full-time? Full-time, no. Nope, I don't think so. I, I don't get that. I think he loves, he loves being involved. He loves being connected in another way to the game. Uh, but one, just in what I observe, and I'm now using four months, five months of this observation, he is so excited about Victor Martinez Jr. Mm. taking the next step in his playing career. Yeah. I think more than anything, he wants to be a mentor for some of the greatest hitters that are going in the game right now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s name included, and also he wants to be a dad. And he wants to watch Victor Martinez Jr. take that next step and go to the academy and then hopefully go on to the JUCO ranks uh, that he has lined up. So is he going to have an impact? Absolutely. He's going to be around, and I think he's going to be around a lot here in the back half of the season. And he's also doing. He's also serving multiple roles here. It's not just like yeah. he's parachuting in and watching the Blue Jays play. After this weekend, I believe he goes, he might have actually traveled yesterday, but I think he's going to New Hampshire. And he's going to check in with Arelvis Martinez and a couple of other guys that are down there on some some guys that are doing some pretty cool things down in AA New Hampshire. Uh, ben, you know, Kevin is a guy that got a lot of grief early in the year, not from by, Barker. By but, you. But, well, from a lot, a lot of people. 26th guy. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. 20, well, actually, he was the 25th guy. What? But anyhow, that's beside the point. Mm. Uh, Sunday, he gets the three-run home run. The seventh home run of the year. Four of them have come in the eighth inning. I mean, he, he doesn't necessarily pick a spot. When he does get a hit, they've, they've made a difference. Are, are we now – this is Cavan, right? Cavan is – what is he hitting in his last 22 games? 286, 11 runs scored, two doubles, five homers. He's going to play decent defense, 12 RBI. He's got a 954 OPS. He's just going to be here, isn't he? I mean, he he's going to be the 25th or 26th dude in this team. That's all there is to it, and we might as well move on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got supporters in that clubhouse, and it's nice to see the bat coming around, right? Mm-hmm. And they're picking the spots that should make Cavan Biggio – Successful, the, the pinch hit opportunities, the matchups that he is getting, uh, swing or at least pitching, pitching repertoires that could run into that barrel and, and match up against his swing plane. I mean, this is all by design, right? John Schneider is plugging him in there, and he's had some success in, in the last couple of weeks, right? The, these big late home runs that Biggio has had. But we, we asked John Schneider earlier today about the Whitmerfield, Kevin Biggio, both guys playing pretty well, doing it in different ways, but what they initially said in April in that the bat will win you playing time. And if two of the three are certainly performing better, all right, now it seems like a two-hit, two-horse race. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Kiermeyer, remember, has cooled off a little bit, so I don't think there's necessarily a need to have Kevin Kiermeyer in the lineup every day if you're going to have Varsho in the lineup every day. You can, again, mix and match those guys. So there are a couple of different talking points around how you get Kevin Biggio plus then Adalton Varsho and or Kevin Kiermeyer in the lineup. 
if Witt's going to go out and play left field or he's going to play at second base. Do you have any idea, by the way, how getting back to Alec Manoa a little bit, how, how they're going to manage the situation going forward? Are, are we looking at more uh, bullpen days? I'm sorry, relief days, or is Bowden Francis going to get the call? Like, have they have they worked that out yet, do you think? Uh, they've got an idea. I think tonight might give us a better indication of how that's going to go. And, I mean, they're going to break up Kevin Gosman and Chris Bassett. That, right. That's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and they had had this kind of lined up over the last 12 days. Do they want to bullpen it? Absolutely not. That's never ideal. But they've gotten the pitch count with Trevor Richards high enough where he can go out there and he can give you some serviceable length if if the innings go okay. And it's amazing that they were able to do this kind of on the fly Mm -hmm. and still get him some competitive innings when he needed some sharpening work. Plus, then it worked in his advantage. Think over the weekend, right? That was basically a bullpen day for him. But it was a pocket that was already in the lineup that benefited the Blue Jays to get him out there. So, uh, this is certainly not something that is going to automatically belong to Bowden Francis. Um, it might be a scenario if you burn one guy and you need another long guy, you don't want to make too many roster moves over the course of this thing. But it's it's going to be a storm the Blue Jays have to weather for a couple of more weeks. Uh, last question before I let you run. Tyler Heineman, Jimmy Garcia, any injury updates on on them? Item is pretty good. The imaging came back negative. Uh, he was really concerned that it was going to be an oblique, but it calmed down, and he was really happy. Saw him earlier today. Talked to general manager Ross Atkins about the knee issue with Jimmy Garcia. It is certainly a day-to-day thing. The off day yesterday plus the treatment, that definitely helped Jimmy Garcia. They're treating it day-to-day just to see how if he comes to the ballpark, how he feels after he plays catch. But he is certainly... Uh, it sounds like he is certainly in play if he has the green light in terms of how he's feeling. doesn't seem like they're slow playing this to a potential roster move at all. Ben, we're going to let you scoot. Really appreciate you doing this. Have a great call tonight, my friend. Well, I know you will. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Thank job. you, guys. Take See care. you, man. Ben, ben Wagner, uh, radio voice of the Blue Jays. He'll have the call tonight, 707 first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan. You remember Glassdale saying that his pitching coach would come out and say, you're doing it again. You're doing it yes, again. Yes, that's what we were talking about. Right. How, how come one of the seven hitting coaches that the Blue Jays have to Vladdy don't say you're doing it again? You're, why, why are you swinging at that again? Like, why are you doing it again? Yeah, and you have Victor Martinez come in for three days, and he's hitting balls to the moon. To, explain that to me. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I I'm don't, not in a room. I don't, I'm not behind closed doors. I don't doors. understand. I don't understand. No, I don't, I don't understand because I always feel – I always feel like I'm I'm sort of on the fence when I say this, but it is true. I I don't I used to know what everybody did in the major league dugout, and I'm not criticizing. This is the way it's gone. Everybody, I mean, you look at the Giants tonight. The Giants have got to have a thousand people in the dugout as well. So I'm not. This isn't old man raging against analytics or it khakis. Not. I'm not even going to mention the word khakis. Oh, I just did. Mm. But anyhow, I'm not. That's not the point here. I don't know who does what. It's a great anymore. question. I, I truly don't, Kevin. I, 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 I don't know who does what. The only thing I know is Varsha struggled for a long time. Chapman struggled for a long time. Vladdy struggled for a long time. Why is that happening? Explain that to me. Like, you, it should be like last day on the pitching coach. He should be able to walk up to you and go, you're doing it again. Fix it. Well, don't do it again. This is what, I, this is what would bother me I, is these are, these are guys who've been here, other than Varsho. Varsho hasn't been here, but Springer, uh, 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 Vladdy's been here. 
Chapman's been here. These are guys that should be known. They, we, we, the hitting coaches should have an understanding of what goes on with these guys because they've seen them enough. We just I, saw I Ed one on the TV there standing behind the batting coach. Well, yeah. Cage. Okay, well, uh, you, you, don't, he was, you know who he was talking to? Vladdy. Like, I, I just, it's... I'd say it's confusing. I have, it's very confusing. I have known really good hitting coaches, hitting coaches that everybody tells me are really good hitting coaches who haven't played a lick in the major leagues. Guys love them. I've, I've, I've had, well, hell, I mean, look at you. You had one of the greatest pure hitters of all time as a hitting coach. It didn't work for you. Rod Carew did not work for no you. No idea what he was saying. Lay a ball over the third baseman's head. I, 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 I don't. How do I do that? I just don't. It's just, it's just different. But the thing, the thing that I have noticed is, and, and Ben referred to this. I watched those spring training games because I wasn't down to spring training. I watched those games. Victor Martinez is in the dugout. He's a presence there. Like, and he's also uh, he's, Jeff, he's Victor freaking Martinez. Jeff, it, it, it'll almost it, it almost tells you. They need a guy. They need a guy. Like a guy that slumps don't last a month. Well, look, Chapman, that's a month. Vladdy home runs, that's a a month and a half. What did we hear when our show? That's a month. Like that's those are long slumps that that's that for me is a hitting coach's job is to uh, not overwhelm you, is to walk by you and go, remember. That well, what did we hear? Fix it. That, did, that's that's the deal. What did we hear as well when Dante Bichette used to come into town every now and then? I, it's, sometimes, it's like I, sometimes I, I just think, sometimes I think track record matters. No question. I, I just think oh, it does. Experience. Yeah, Odell, you listened to him when I said experience, and he laughed. Yeah, because it's a thing. So it's a thing. Who are you going to listen to, yeah. Victor or? Somebody's never tried to hit a, a, a fastball to the moon or a hanging breaking ball to the moon. Or how do you get to a hanging breaking ball? You take the slider early and counts. That's the way. But I, the, I, I, a, but I, I will caution. I, I will caution, though. We don't, we don't know. We still don't know, know who what does I what. I know what I see. Everybody's got titles, but that, you know as well as I do, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It really doesn't. And, and that's... Why, why struggling at the minor league level matters. Cecil Cooper used to tell me that all the time before he had me called up with the Brewers is you haven't struggled yet. You need to struggle. It's sort of Vladdy. Vladdy has no idea what to do. That's why 50 yeah, people are talking to him about hitting a home run. He has no idea how to struggle. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be in the big leagues when he was in the big leagues, but I'm saying this is why you have the minor leagues is well, how, do you, how do you figure it out when you're struggling? What do you go to? What, what is that thing? Side toss, front toss, T? What do you do? Let's Nothing? see, because Ben indicated that Victor Martinez is going to spend Ed some time around the team in the second half. Let's see where Vladdy goes from here. I personally don't believe it's a coincidence, but I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't, don't I, I, I don't know what to make of it, except I don't believe it's a coincidence. I don't think it is either. It's not because he's taken all of a sudden the last three games sliders away. And, and early in counts. Why are you doing that? You know, and the other thing I'm going to say this. One thing we know about Mark Shapiro, Mark Shapiro is a smart dude. One of the things Mark Shapiro did was got to be careful how you free. I'm not going to say get rid of. One of the things Mark Shapiro did was yeah, 
get rid of people who were in this organization that really weren't doing as much as they should do. And I don't think Mark Shapiro hire. I don't think Mark Shapiro hires guys just for the sake of hiring guys. I think there's a reason you brought Victor Martinez in. I think there's a reason you've seen Edwin come back to the team, come back to the organization this year. Um, I think when you're a special advisor for Mark Shapiro, you're a special Trust advisor. Me, when Edwin there's speaks, a reason for it. And well, we I you know you know how we feel. You know how we feel about Edwin. It's like you just listen. Yeah, that's that. Sometimes they need it. Anyhow, right. let's see if it continues tonight. The San Francisco Giants are in town. First of three games, seven oh seven first pitch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Woo. Kevin Gossman on the mound. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. Huh. Yep, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow from five to seven Eastern on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan and Sportsnet. Good job, buddy. Nah. Way to go. I would wear the jacket if we had the home run jacket. I get the jacket. Today. Not a chance. Have a great night. Enjoy the baseball.